It is truly good to see each of you this morning. Appreciate your presence. It's always an honor to come and, and worship with each of you on the first day of the week. We appreciate our visitors and want them to come back and be with us every time that they are in the area. Have you ever known a hero? Have you ever known someone that you felt like was a hero? I've known many heroes in my life, and as I know that you have. Some people are heroes, we don't even realize that they are. Some of those heroes that we know served in uh, wars, served during times of peace in our armed forces. They have dedicated their lives to helping to defend and protect our great nation. Now, our nation just celebrated Veterans Day on the 11th. And we have a lot of veterans with us, members of our congregation who are veterans. And I thought it would be a good time for us to look at this idea of heroes and to focus upon heroes that we know and those about whom we know. We may not know a hero personally, but we may have read about them or heard about them. We may know many heroes in a personal way. But Veterans Day began many years ago, and it began as Armistice Day on November the 11th, 1919. was the first day. Of course, later on it was renamed to Veterans Day. That happened on May the 26th, 1954. And it has been celebrated on this day, except for a brief period in the 1970s. Now, originally it was created to memorialize the end of World War I, the victory over the Axis powers, and it took effect, that victory did, on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. So I don't know that it is a coincidence that we celebrate it on November the 11th, right? We honor those men and women who served our nation, many of whom lost their lives in battle. Of course, Veterans Day is a little bit different from Memorial Day. On Memorial Day, we honor those who specifically gave their lives for this nation. But on Veterans Day, we honor all military veterans, those who have served and those who are serving. But this morning, I want us to focus on heroes, but different Heroes, some who gave their lives in the line of duty and many who were willing to give their lives. Of course, I'm talking about the many godly heroes that we read about in the Bible, but not just those about whom we know. What about all of those sitting in our midst today? Those who we know that are on foreign soil, taking the gospel of Christ to people who would otherwise not have an opportunity to hear that. Those heroes that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. This is going to be the passage from which we begin. And we're going to base our sermon in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's notice verses 4 through 10. By faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, 
God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Those heroes that we just read about, they aren't the only heroes that I want to talk a little bit about this morning. But I think the greater question today is, what exactly is a hero? What makes a hero? Ben Overton badly wanted to play football when he was in high school. But when he started his senior year, Ben was five feet five, and he weighed 105 pounds. He was as fearless as he was slow. And he wanted to play football, and his parents knew that he would try to play football and would most likely be hurt. So they went and talked to the coach, and he made the team, but he made the team as equipment manager. He stood on the sidelines, and he... Uh, encouraged the team and he cheered for them and he celebrated other boys' glory and he brought them water. But his time would come. Nineteen seniors made up the class of 1950. After graduation, Overstreet attended the University of Florida for a year. He was the only son of an auto mechanic and he said he didn't have much money. In fact, he said, I was stone broke. But the Air Force, they offered $75 a month, food and shelter. So one year out of high school, Ben and three of his Newport Ritchie buddies joined the military together. As a boy, Ben had dreamed of being a pilot. The Air Force made him a clerk typist in Texas. But in 1953, he qualified for flight training and he came out a second lieutenant. Now, he had been scheduled for duty in Korea, but the war ended and so there was not a great need for pilots. During that time, he gained much training in various types of 
uh, airplanes and he knew how to fly them and uh, he knew all about different aircrafts. But in 1965, he was called upon to serve. The Vietnam War was taking place and he was in charge of some bombing missions from Guam to Vietnam. Now his war had been 35,000 feet above the air and all those bombs exploding didn't make a whole lot of impact upon him. But then in a very dramatic change of his duty, he took upon himself a new role. He, at this time, now major in the Air Force, took control of a fixed-wing, single-engine airplane used for spotting enemy targets at treetop level. He had flown about 75 missions without any incidents or problems or anything like that. And then on November, or in November, 1966, he was directing fighter jets toward an attempted rescue. A fighter pilot had been hit and he had ejected from his airplane. He was caught up in a treetop and the co-pilot had gone into the jungle. Now he was unarmed in that airplane. It didn't have guns on it. All he had was an M16 inside the cockpit with him. According to published reports, Overstreet flew his plane to the area, intentionally got the attention of the enemy, took fire so the helicopters who were receiving fire could rescue the pilot and find the co-pilot. For his gallantry, Overstreet was awarded the Silver Star, one of the highest awards that a soldier can receive. He also earned the Distinguished Flying Cross for his actions a few months later when he again was involved in a rescue attempt and they did secure the one they were rescuing. What is a hero? A hero is someone who gives himself to something nobler and greater. That's what a hero is. Someone who does not allow external circumstances of life to stop them from attaining what they know they need to attain. Bad things happen to good people in this world and we have to keep going. That's what a hero is. But what makes a hero? We have an impressive list of heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. And after describing them to the reader, the writer makes this statement. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I want us to notice what he said there. He said, Wherefore, seeing we also... Who's he talking about? The reader... Who, who encompasses them? Those heroes. We also, I think we could put in parentheses, God's heroes are compassed about by these other heroes by whom we can learn the things we need to learn. So let us run with patience this same race engage in the same fight that these heroes engaged. 
Now these heroes have been brought to our attention by the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to learn from their willingness to give up the things that they loved for something that they loved even more. What is a hero? A hero is someone who recognizes that his life belongs to God. To recognize means to accept or to be aware of something. To understand that it is true or that it exists. That's what that means. To recognize. Down through history, the faithful have always relied upon the authority of God to guide them. They accepted, they recognized that God existed. They recognized that He had a law and they relied upon it. That's what a hero is. Someone who recognizes and relies. Moses recorded about Noah who found grace in the eyes of God in a very dark time in the history of man. Moses said, And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them but... Often we overlook these small words, don't we? We see the history of man. And when we read more into Genesis chapter 6, we see that they didn't think of a good thing. Everything they thought of was evil, and God was fed up with it. He was sick and tired of it, and He was going to destroy man off the face of the earth. But, what a hero! Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. Boy, what a debt of gratitude. When we think of Veterans Day, I'm often just overcome with emotion when I think about my father who served in the Korean War. Nicole's father served in the Vietnam War. We have members here of our own congregation that served in those wars. It's very emotional to me to think of what a great debt I owe those men. Because of them, we can do what we're doing today. We can meet and we don't have to worry about someone breaking into the door, throwing us in jail like they did in Revelation. But let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. What a debt we owe this great man Noah. Without Noah, there wouldn't be an us. Because the whole world would have been destroyed. What a great debt we owe that man. What a hero. Out of all the people that lived at that time, it was Noah who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It was Noah who relied upon God. And it was Noah who was blessed. He recognized that he needed God. And he recognized that he needed to please God, not those people living around him. How difficult would that have been, right? We look in today's world and we think how hard it is to live the Christian life, and it is difficult at times. But we have each other. We have other people upon which we can rely. We have God upon which... Noah didn't have anybody. Had his immediate family. Everybody else was against him. But he knew he needed to please God. 
Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole of man. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Abraham saw God for what He is and was, and and he acted appropriately, didn't he? While all the other inhabitants of Ur, including his family, were falling down before graven images, Abraham worshipped God properly. Joshua said this, he said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, talking about the great river, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. Joshua 24, 2-3. Abraham relied upon God and God provided for him. He relied upon Him both in this life and in the next. He looked for that city whose foundations were not made by mankind, but whose foundations were made by God. And he relied upon that. While tending his sheep in the wilderness, Moses came across a most amazing sight, didn't he? There was a bush that was burning, and yet it did not burn up. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed, Exodus 3, 2-3. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And as he approached that bush, he heard his name being called, Moses, Moses. And his reply, here am I, Exodus 3, verse 4. Verse 6, when he realized that it was God speaking to him out of the bush, notice what he did. He hid his face and he was afraid to look upon God. That's what a hero does. See, we have a problem in today's world, don't we? We have people that live in the world that will willingly look right in the very face of God and continue to do what they're doing even when they know it is against His will. They're going to do what they want to do. That's a shame, isn't it? That's not how a hero acts. That's not what heroes do. A hero gives himself to God and he lives his life in reflection of that fact. He lives like God wants him to live. Those brave men and women of Hebrews 11, we ought to be so thankful for them. But they aren't the only heroes who have served in God's army. They're not, are they? There's a multitude of other ones. There are heroes sitting amongst us today who serve in God's army. They serve even when it's not pleasant. They serve when it's uncomfortable. They serve when other people look down upon them. We have them all surrounding us. Now some of our great heroes of this particular congregation can't always be with us, can they? They've lived a dedicated life and sometimes they're just not able to continue every single day in meeting with the saints, but they're still fighting. They're still living. They're still doing what God wants them to do and we ought to recognize that. And considering what a, what a hero is, there's something else that we need to understand. A hero isn't always someone that has to give their lives 
to the edge of the sword. But let me tell you what a hero is. It's someone that is willing to do that. Someone willing to lay down his or her life. Willing to give up the things that we love in this life for things that we love more. We have to be able to do that. We've all known modern day heroes. Heroes of the faith. Those people who have been examples to us. Those people who have encouraged us. I would have never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ had it not been for a faithful hero in God's army. I would have never dedicated my life to preaching the gospel had it not been for faithful heroes in God's army, beginning with my wife, encouraging me to do that. That's not always an easy life. But it's a great life. We've all known some of these modern heroes who have been mistreated, right? Family, friends, disagreeing with what they believe, turn their back upon them. They are heroes because they listened to what Jesus said and they believed it. And they recognized it. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 33-38, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, he will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. He said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Jesus was not saying that we ought to try to destroy our families and tear them apart. What He was saying is that the gospel of Jesus will cause family members and friends to turn on another family member or friend because they have obeyed it, because they simply don't understand it or they don't want to live it and they'll persecute them. And He says the gospel will do that. Jesus Christ, the most divisive man that has ever lived in the world, but it was not ungodly. He brought a message of life and people don't want to hear it. It upsets family members and friends. But he says, if you love them more than me, if you're going to dedicate your life to me, you can't be a hero. You're not going to be faithful. The great Hebrews of, or the great heroes of Hebrews chapter 11. They were heroes because they relied upon God as their direction in life. But there's another reason they were heroes. is because they reached out to those around them. That's what a hero does. Our Lord desired for His faithful to reach out to the world, to take His gospel message to those around. That's why He gave us that great commission, right? A lot of people do not believe that that we're under that law today, that that's a commandment that we do not have to recognize. I think when we look at exactly the statements that he made, we can come to the proper scriptural understanding. Notice Matthew 28, verse 20. 
in that verse, the last part of that verse, the Lord made a promise. He said, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The word world is better translated age. But whether it's world or age, it indicates the same thing. The Savior was speaking of the Christian age, which would not come to an end until the world came to an end. Notice who he was talking to, the apostles. They weren't going to live to the end of the world, were they? The last apostle, John, the last original apostle, died in about 96 or to 98 A.D., 2,000 years ago nearly. So who is he talking to? Well, let's notice the prior statement. He said, "...teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you." He commanded the faithful to go out, convert people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with Yahweh even unto the end of the world. Amen. What did He teach them? To teach others. What were they supposed to do? The same thing. Teach others. We're to reach out. That's what a hero does. Heroes reach out. What's a hero? Someone who recognizes that his or her life belongs to God. But they're also one who willingly receives what God has to offer. We have to willingly do that. God's heroes will accept what He is offering. We're not going to question Him. Webster's Dictionary gives the definition of accept as to take it or receive it willingly. Can't be forced upon someone. We have to willingly take it. Notice some of the faithful of the past and how they accepted God's message. Hebrews 11 verse 7, By faith Noah being warned of God. What did he do? Build an ark. Had never seen it rain before. He didn't have to be convinced. He just simply did it. Without argument, Abraham made arrangements to offer his only son, the promised son, Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 He had faith that God would deliver what He said He would, and if He needed to raise Isaac from the dead, He had faith that He'd do that. He did not argue with God. Was it above Abraham to barter with God? No, we remember when the three visitors came to His tent, and the two angels went on down to Sodom, and the Lord stayed behind, and, and He kind of debated, and and bartered with him, well, if you if we can have 50 people, will you save the city? All the way down to 10. He was willing to do that. We don't read about it in that part, do we? He didn't say, Lord, please, can we do something else? He simply did it. There are others, in fact, a whole chapter of heroes in, in our passage who accepted God, but there aren't the only ones. Let's not forget about all those who have agreed to be God's heroes today. To follow God, even when it meant losing things that they loved. When we accept what God has given to us, sometimes we will suffer physically. That's the truth, isn't it? Untold numbers of people have been faced with violence and threatened with, with harm, but they still embrace God's message of salvation above things of this life. The Lord encouraged those who suffered in that way during the first century. Notice what He said. He said, 
Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Revelation 2, verse 10. I want to tell you about a young man I met last year, in May of 2015. I was in northern Assam of India. I was working in the jungles. We had trekked into the jungle. We would drive as far as we could, and then we'd walk about three or four miles into the village. And there was a located preacher there, whom the school of preaching, back in Mirza, as about a four-hour drive from, from that little village over to the entrance to the jungle where we went in. They had a young man there named Barnabas, who was a graduate of the school, and he was located there. And he was located close enough to walk into the jungle because he didn't have transportation. Well, we would go into the jungle. Well, at that time, I didn't realize it, there was a civil war going on in Assam and still going on today. Villages were burned, people were murdered because there was a certain tribe in Assam who wanted to break away from the government. Well, a good friend of mine, who's a preacher in Memphis, is in India right now. He called me the other day. Of course, he called me so I could FaceTime the Alabama-Mississippi State game for him. It hurt me to do that, but I did it. But he told me he ran into Barnabas. I asked him, I said, is the Civil War still going on? Are they still? He said they murdered 17 people in the last few days where Barnabas is working. I said, they need to get him out of there. He said, that's what I thought. And I told him, I said, Barnabas, my friend was telling me, he said, You've got to leave here. He said, no, brother. Our reward is in heaven. You know how old this young man is? Twenty-one. What a hero. Most of the world's never going to know Barnabas. They'll never know anything about him. Well, let me tell you, that congregation that we established in the jungle last year, they know all about him. What a hero. What is a hero? Someone who recognizes God. A hero is someone who receives what he offers. Finally, though, I want us to notice that a hero is someone who replies to God's words. We must react to God. We have to have some kind of reaction to Him. React means to change in response. We see examples of change which the Holy Ghost has provided for us in Hebrews chapter 11. Noah built an ark. Abraham took everything he owned, everyone who worked in his household, all of his family. He went to a place he didn't even know where it was going. That's change in response to something. Moses went back to Egypt. He didn't want to go back to Egypt. He was wanted for murder. But he took the rod of God and he went down to Egypt and out of Egypt came God's people. That's a change in response to something. On the day of Pentecost, Peter and the other apostles, they preached that sermon that was so amazing. Peter said in Acts 2 verse 14, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, he said, and hearken to my words. He was looking for a response, and to that sermon, he got one. 
Men and brethren, what shall we do? That was exactly the reaction he was looking for. And those men and women, about 3,000 of them, became heroes in God's army that day. 3,000, that sounds like a huge number to us. There may have been anywhere from one and a half to two and a half million people there that day. We have been given the opportunity to respond today. To be a hero in God's army. We still have life. We have time right now to be able to do that. But I want us to notice, just because there is a reaction, just because there is a response, doesn't mean it's the right one. It's not always the right one, is it? We've been called through the gospel of Jesus Christ, 2 Thessalonians 2, 14. And what is the proper reaction? Jesus told us, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What's that lead to? That leads to repentance and conversion, Acts 3.19. That leads us to confession unto salvation, Romans 10.10. And then, of course, baptism for the remission of sins. But it doesn't stop there. Heroes don't stop there. If we stop there, we're not a hero. We have to continue steadfastly. He that endureth to the end shall be saved, Matthew 10.22. That's the reaction. That's the response that we need. We have a great list of heroes. We have those about whom we can study and we can learn, but we have all kinds of heroes in our midst. Heroes that we know of in other places that have dedicated their lives to being in God's army. But they aren't the only heroes, right? Not the ones we read about in the Bible. There's a lot of them. All that call on the name of the Lord in the proper way become heroes in God's army. And just like all these heroes that we learn about, we'll continue to do what He's asked us to do. But here's one thing I want us to think about before we close, and the lesson will be yours. We honor our veterans each year in this great nation of ours. But like military veterans, God's soldiers have to be properly trained, right? We have to be properly trained before we can engage in the battle. We've talked about how to do that. We study the Word and we're diligent in following it. We can't just simply think up a plan of salvation. We can't simply just think up how we need to live. We have to be trained. Christianity is a taught religion. We do not know it by nature. We have to properly train our conscience. We talked about that in class. But we have to be trained. Once we're trained, we can go into the world and we can engage in the good fight. We've learned how to do that. Obey the gospel today if you're not a Christian. Don't leave here not being in a covenant relationship with God. Not having that special relationship with Jesus. Christianity is a personal religion. But we have to do it the way God has asked us to do it. You know, sometimes, have you ever heard the term AWOL? People will go AWOL or UA, unauthorized absence from the military. Now, normally they come back under duress. But we can come back to God. Sometimes we go AWOL, don't we? 
We're absent from the fight. We need to get back in the fight. We can do that through confession of sin, repentance, prayer. If we are Christians, we don't have to be baptized again. But let's be a hero today. Answer the invitation of the Lord as we stand and as we sing.